This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, episode 954. Idioms even natives get wrong. Welcome to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English, downloaded more than 18 million times with former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz. If you are stuck with a low score, our insider method will help you get the score you need to unlock your dreams. Get your estimated band score now with our two-minute quiz at allearsenglish.com slash my score. Today, you will learn four band nine idioms that will really impress the examiner, seeing as these are phrases even natives get wrong sometimes. Listen up so you have the most polished and impressive vocabulary on test day. What defines an advanced English speaker? The ability to not only have interesting conversations with native speakers, but also the ability to be interesting in these conversations. Make an astute observation. Ask good questions. Speak with a confident pitch. These are conversational skills that require a special method and a structured study plan. Join our brand new B2 English fluency course. It's 100% based on interesting, spontaneous, unrehearsed video interviews with native speakers. Real English. Save up to $100 before June 7th and get a free bonus. Go to allearsenglish.com slash B2. That's allearsenglish.com slash letter B number two. Happy Monday to you. How are you doing today? Happy Monday to you. I actually kind of love Mondays. I know most people hate them, but it's like fresh start to a week. Usually the weekend was rough. My kids were home and there was a ton going on and Monday they go to school and I can breathe. <laughs> I have time to get some stuff done. <laughs> you know, it is amazing like how we're in and guys, yes, we are going to get to some amazing IELTS vocabulary for you today. Um, like really high level thoughts today on some idioms, guys, that even natives will make mistakes on. But guys, examiners know, and we will mark you down if you make these mistakes. But before we get to that, I just want to note, like, what an it, what a crazy time in history this is. Like, we're in the same country. Like, Aubrey and I are in the same country, obviously, guys, right? But you being in Arizona and me being in Oregon, our lives are totally different right now because my state is still totally shut down. Like, James is not going to school probably until next year. Everything is still like super duper careful and stuff like that. But you are having kind of a normal life again. I know. It's kind of weird. State by state, things yeah. are so different as far as the pandemic and quarantine and how people are handing it. Everyone still wears a mask inside here and cool. it's like limited capacity in restaurants and stuff, but everything's open. Kids are in school and I am I am kind of nervous that the numbers are going to go up, that cases will go up. So we'll see what happens. There's a good chance kids will be doing online school again if that happens. Who knows? Nobody knows. Every 
every day it's like, okay, the herd immunity, it's going to be good. And then the next day it's like, no, go no. home. And who knows? Okay. <laughs> know. All right, guys, let's get to IELTS. Um, so we have some very fun stuff for you today. We're going to talk about four idioms, um, give you examples of how you could use them on the exam, um, and tell you where how natives mess them up. It's actually pretty funny. Um, and guys, this is an episode that is going to be on YouTube as well. So remember, guys, we are recording the video while we are talking to you in your ears. You can also have us in your eyes if you go to Isles Energy TV. That yes. Smoothly <laughs> that was <done>. so good. <laughs> That's true, though. I'm glad you let people know because I think it's really fun. Um, we've been posting some of them on like IGTV on Instagram, too. And it's yeah. so fun to read the comments. Students really love it. It's fun for them to be able to see us. And some people are really visual learners. So it's totally. easier for them to watch the video while they listen. So check it out on YouTube if that helps you, if you like that. Definitely. And then and then you could see Aubrey and I because we're so great to look at. Aren't we, though? <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Let's move on to vocabulary, you guys. I need to curb my silliness. That is a good verb. So, um, guys, you probably know curb as a noun, right? Like the, the, the side of the sidewalk between the sidewalk and the street. Um, a curb, but to curb something is to like cut something off or make something happen less. Right. Um, famous example show called Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's hilarious, but that's like lessen your enthusiasm. Don't get so excited. Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. So you can curb anything, right? I need to curb my appetite so I don't eat so much. Whatever you need to lower, you can say curb. They could use that all over on the IELTS exam. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And real world example, Aubrey, you are curbing your sugar intake right now, right? Yes, I am. I started a competition with my daughter to curb our sugar intake. Yesterday was my first day. I bought a lot of fruit, like a lot of berries. So that's kind of helping to offset it. But I've had to cut out soda because I only like sugar soda. And, really? Uh-huh. And no coffee because I only like mocha with a lot of chocolate and oh sugar in it. So I had to cut that off. I had such a headache yesterday from caffeine withdrawals. <laughs> so it's going oh gosh, to be crazy. interesting. Yeah, I just it's been drinking too much caffeine. So this is good for me to curb my caffeine intake and my sugar intake. It's going to be much more healthy. Um, guys, this is one of those words that is definitely band nine. All right. Because even, even a lot of native speakers don't use this word. You know what I mean? Like it's fancy totally. and it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's definitely a band nine word, guys. And the reason why I'm saying this is cool is because we could use it all over the exam. It's not just formal, right? It's a high scoring word, which doesn't mean that it's only formal. The way we used it just now, that's part one, talking about what you eat, how you're healthy, right? But you could easily use it in part three, writing task two, talking about obesity. So very great word. Okay, Aubrey, what is our first idiom that natives mess up all the time? Yeah, this is going to be really fun. So for some natives, these might be pet peeves, right? That they hear other natives mess these up a lot because it's very common. And some of these we might even mess up because people say it fast. So you almost can't tell what they're saying. So the first one we're going to talk about is for all intents and purposes, which when you hear people say it, they say for all intensive purposes a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hear people say that all the time. Um, and it's, you know, with a lot of these, it's confusing because if we, if you say it quickly, it can kind of sound the same. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it is like, and it's very easy to mix up. And yeah, I definitely do hear people saying for all intensive purposes a lot. Um, so what does this phrase mean for all intents and purposes. So this is this is awesome to pick this apart because an intent, it's something you mean to do, right? Like your goal, right? And purposes, again, like your goal, your um the the things you want to achieve. But it's not quite about future goals though. No, right? It's more just saying that something is always true. Um like if we would say virtually or essentially or basically this always is the case, right? There there may be a few exceptions like, oh, this is virtually always true, right? Yeah. So it's the yeah. same as like usually or almost always, right? Or like most yep. of the time. Um, so yeah, like native speakers use the adverb basically a lot in those situations. And again, like here's another note, guys, that is something I don't hear students use often, right? When they're talking about something, I don't hear people use basically. So <laughs> you should use that too. Um, so when can we when can we use this idiom on the speaking test, Aubrey? What do you think? So definitely part three, if you got a question like, um, should children complete their homework immediately after school, right? Rather than taking some time to play first. And you could say, for all intents and purposes, no, unless they're not going to have time to do it later, right? The fact is, kids need some time to play and unwind right after school and get some energy out since they've been sitting all day before they have to sit again. Yeah, I like it. Um, guys, I, I would recommend practicing it in this context, right? Where it's like for all intents and purposes, and then you either say yes or no, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then follow it with unless. I like that. Like, unless, you know, there's this big exception or whatever, right? Like, um, should, should people recycle? Okay. Like, for all intents and purposes, yes, of course people should always recycle. I mean, unless you are camping and you need to throw away your trash and there's only one bin, with besides that very rare exception, yes, totally people should recycle. Yes, and don't let natives throw you off because you will hear them say for all intensive purposes. Or like you might not even realize sometimes people are saying it that way, but then when they write it, they'll write for all intensive purposes, right? Yeah. And you don't want to say that on IELTS because the IELTS examiner will have excellent grammar. They'll recognize the mistake and your grammar score will go down. Yeah, totally. Um, I think this would affect the vocab score more than the grammar score because I feel like that is grammatically correct. That's just not the phrase. You I guess that's I true. Mean. Grammatically, it's not incorrect to say intensive purposes. But it's, it's just weird. It's like incorrect meaningless. use of the yeah. idiom. Right. Uh, <laughs> when our words lose meaning, our vocab score goes down for sure. Um, guys, let me remind you, there are three ways to interact with every podcast, all right? You can listen to us like you are now. And then you can also go to our website, allearsenglish.com slash IELTS, because these phrases will be spelled out with meanings and examples. So that interaction with the text describing this podcast is essential, especially for vocab episodes like this. And then the third way, again, IELTS Energy TV on YouTube, guys.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so let's get into the second one. This is so fun. I love it. It's very informal. Okay, let me tell you like the basic, the basic mistake, first of all. So modal verbs, right? I could have done done something, but I didn't. I should have done something, but I didn't. These are modal verbs used to express regrets about the past. But these are something, these are phrases we say so often. <laughs> That it starts to to sound like could of instead of have. Because when we say it quickly, that's what ends up coming out. And then native speakers think, oh, that's what it is. Could of done something. This is a mistake, guys, that is made all the time. Oh, yeah, I hear it all the time. That's the first thing to be aware of because I feel like IELTS would want to trick you with something like this on the listening test, guys. However, there's a very fun, like, informal, slangy idiom we say. Aubrey, what is that? It's coulda, shoulda, woulda. And you could use this, like, if you're talking about something you wish you had done differently, and you just say coulda, shoulda, woulda, meaning, ugh, I could have done that differently. I should have done that differently. I would have done something different if I could go back. Yeah, exactly. So in part two, if you're asked to describe a mistake, um, in part one, if, you know, the examiner's asking you, do you read books in English? Like, how often do you speak English or whatever? And maybe you're expressing regret, you know, you're like, um, I realize <laughs> that I should have been practicing English uh, every day for the past month, but Frankly, I didn't have time. I have two jobs and a family. But, you know, I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda. So it's kind of like the the way to end your description of a past mistake. Exactly, right? Anytime you want to talk about something you wish you had done differently, end that answer with this slang, you know, informal idiom. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. It's so fun. Oh it my gosh. <laughs> and I guarantee you guys, the examiner will chuckle and will right away be thinking, okay, this is a band seven, at least student, because that was a very native thing to communicate. Um, all right. What's this next one? Now, this is one that I think I've made a mistake with at times. <laughs> It's so common, right? See, we hear natives say this all the time. What they say is one in the same when the expression is one and the same. Yes. And that is so common. We've probably both said it. And you say it so fast, one and the same. So no yes. one knows what you're saying. It ends <laughs> but up then you write it wrong. the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know that I've made a mistake with this, guys. But you know what? I think this is one of those examples where... I don't think the examiner would mark you down if you said one in the same instead of one and the same. Cause it's like, if something is, if, even if, if a, even if it's a mistake, but it is said often enough, it becomes accepted. It becomes part of the language, you know? That's the way I feel about this phrase. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's like how we answer, I'm good instead of I'm well, which is a mistake, yeah, but we do totally. it so much that it, the examiner wouldn't mark you wrong for doing it. 
Yeah, or like the grammatically, right? Um, like I is the subject pronoun, me is the object pronoun. But if um, you'll hear native speakers do this, I I hear it on TV. People are like, um, she gave my friend and I a gift. That's not correct. Like the object pronoun is me, guys. Like I should be, she gave my friend and me a gift, right? Yes. But that doesn't sound right. Like it sounds fancy and smart to use I there for some reason, even though it's grammatically incorrect. I know because you just hear natives say it wrong so often that you almost feel like you're being hoity-toity if you say it correctly, right? (laughs) Trying to sound smarter than everyone, like correcting everyone's grammar. Don't do that. Right. Yeah, don't do that, guys. Um, Aubrey and I have to bite our tongue to not correct people. It's true. <laughs> All right. So um, here's a good example of one and the same. So the the definition, guys, is just like these two things are basically the same. Like these two things are identical. You could be describing people, right? If like you're describing two people, two friends that have that are so much alike, they're basically the same person um, or situations, right? Like um, one in the same. I could say like maybe you've lived in two places, but they were both in tropical environments and it's like one in the same, right? It's like living in the same place. So I like the example that is that was given to us when we looked this up. Stephen King and Richard Bachman are one and the same because Richard Bachman is his pen name. Um, I love that because I love Stephen King. Nice. And it's almost Halloween, so it's appropriate. It's yeah. probably after Halloween by the time this is published, but for us, it's in a few days. So I'm nice, so excited. creepy novels. I love Halloween. <laughs> There's um, another good example for like part three, especially if you're talking about education or task two, comparing universities and community colleges. And you could say they're one and the same, really. You get the same credits and degree. Yeah, totally. Um, whether you go to an Ivy League fancy pants, you know, university or you stick with your state school, you still get the same degree. Um, yep. okay. So the last one, guys, wet your appetite. This is fun. So, um, this is just spelling because when we say it, it's the same, but W E T, that's what people think they're saying when they say wet your appetite, but actually it's W H E T. It's this old English verb, guys, that is really only used in this idiom to wet your appetite. So the meaning is to, to get someone excited about something before that thing happens. So you could remember it literally, like before you eat dinner, um, you want to make sure your appetite is ready. So you're like really excited for dinner. Um, in some countries, they like to wet their appetite with an aperitif, maybe a before dinner drink to really make sure they're hungry and ready for that meal. But that's like, that's a, that's very literal. What is more of an idiomatic way we use that? Um, so yeah, like for part one, if you were asked about your favorite holiday and you wanted to answer about Halloween, you could say, I like to whet my appetite for the big day by watching horror movies all month. And then I'm ready to scream and scare all the kids on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love horror movies. Aubrey, do you, are you into horror? 
Yes, I really love, but I, I like suspenseful movies more than like gore, right? Though I'm not totally opposed to gore, but I like, I loved Us and Get Out. Um, oh gosh, those were both is fantastic. Yes, right? A lot of suspense and not so much like make you jump and scream, but just like at, on the edge of your seat. I yes. love that. I need to watch that movie again, actually. I mean, it, now it's even more relevant than it was when it came out, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. Versus, like, you know, our social conversation about Black Lives Matter. Anyways, guys, if you don't know what this movie is, just look it up. Get out <laughs> by Jordan Peele and read about it and then watch it. Okay. Yeah. Um, guys, definitely come back to the blog, allearsenglish.com slash IELTS. This is episode 954. Check this video out on YouTube. And a great way, guys, if you're not aware, we actually have an app, the All Ears English app, guys. Improve your fluency, vocabulary, listening skills. All of the transcripts are there for All Ears English. You could build your own vocabulary list, which is essential for IELTS, guys. So if you do have an iOS device, um, go to allearsenglish.com slash bonuses and get that All Ears English app. Yes, check out the app and we will guys, we'll see you guys tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. Thanks for joining me, Jessica. Super fun. Yes. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Late Bye. for you guys, Bye. but not. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>